Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Hey there, it's Brianna Rooney, your millionaire recruiter. And if you've been keeping up with the buzz in recruiting, I hope you have, you've been hearing a lot about, yep, AI. Everywhere you turn, there's talk about automation, machine learning, algorithms. What in the world does that mean? How do you take those buzzwords and translate them into actionable strategies for your recruitment process and get some time back? Doesn't everybody want some time? I know I do. Well, you're in for a treat because I'm teaming up with Recruit CRM for an upcoming webinar that's gonna be a game changer. And we're not just gonna give you theories, we are gonna roll up those sleeves and provide a live demonstration. So this is your golden opportunity to see firsthand how to seamlessly blend AI into your hiring and recruiting strategies. Ready for a sneak peek? We're giving you a crystal clear roadmap to implement AI step by step so you can hit the ground running. Every innovation has its roadblocks and we're giving you proven strategies to overcome the challenges of integrating AI. We will show you AI in action. It's where theory meets practice and you'll be right there with us for a hands-on showcase of AI in the real world. And we will end with a crystal ball moment to help you stay above the curve and your competitors and we'll arm you with the insights, AI in recruitment, where it's heading, all the cutting edge advantage. So are you ready to take the plunge? It's time to up your recruiting game. So join us for this revolutionary session. Just click on the link attached to this post and secure your spot. And yeah, guess what? It is absolutely free. And I'm thrilled to see you there and dive into the exciting world of AI and recruitment together. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. Of course, yes, we're laughing again in the beginning. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, so glad you're here. Thanks so much for, you know, we're getting our subscribers up. We're getting more listeners um, around the world, which is super exciting. So please, you know, if you do like our content, share it, love it, like it, comment, all those great things. How you if you that? don't like it, fuck off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's not I, kidding. No, not, not at all. Um, but if you're our listener, then, you know, like you'll ap actually appreciate that statement. If you are truly a TTU listener, I'm doing good. I mean, we say this every time, but every time we have these podcasts and start our day this way, it's always a good day for me. hundred percent. Okay. Start the day laughing, cracking jokes. I know. I know. So it's, uh, we're going to be, uh, I guess a little controversial, but when are we not controversial, right? Um, we're going to talk about, you know, layoffs and then rehires, you know, there's a lot of companies out there and one triggered, triggered this, this conversation, but there's a lot of companies out there that are doing mass layoffs. And all of a sudden, like next week or within a month, I would say at least, um, all of a sudden there's all these positions open for exactly who they laid off with, but they have lower salaries. So mm -hmm. Taylor, cause I know you're the one that saw this. Um, I can't wait to hear your broke to boss tip at the end. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think this one, I mean, it's not new, right? Like this has been happening for years. Companies have done this for years. Every time I feel like there's a big layoff, like I can remember around 08, 09, 
time frame yeah. some, something very similar happened you know and there's a lot of different schools of thought on it um but i think specifically for recruiting is what makes this particular topic that we're going to discuss so interesting because again all companies do this with positions across you know the whole organization across different verticals but i think why it's so interesting with recruiting specifically is what we've seen the last you yeah. know i mean i remember we were when we initially started recording this podcast we were like fuck yeah recruiting's finally getting the respect it deserves and you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like it was yeah. like for the first time in both of our careers and we've both been doing this for you know 15 16 years finally we like, recruiters are getting the respect we deserve they're finally getting these salaries organizations are finally understanding and appreciating what we do and realizing like it is a job not just anybody could do it no, mm -hmm. not just a monkey couldn't do it. Like what you said, <laughs> the story you've shared so many times on the podcast. And so I think, you know, one in particular that I saw recently, and I'm, I'm sure you saw it too, um, is Meta. So Meta, as we all know, was doing a bunch of hiring these last few years, did some layoffs. And then, you know, now I'm seeing all of these posts on LinkedIn where recruiters are, are really upset, understandably so, but they're upset because they're seeing their roles that they were just laid off from, you know, a month, two months ago within the last six months. And they're seeing those roles posted for a lesser salary. Yeah. I think that's crazy. So, um, now here's, what's interesting. Do we think that they're real job postings? And so here's, here's what I mean by that. So I saw quite a few of like our old clients post recently and I was like, damn, like no one called me. Like you guys used me. Like, why wouldn't you use me again? Like, that's crazy. I'm starting to get offended by this. <laughs> so I, I hit up a couple of them and I was like, what the heck? Why aren't you calling me? And they're like, oh no, those are those are opportunistic hires. Like we're not actually looking, but we have LinkedIn job posts and we're, you know, we've paid for them already. So why would we not just kind of build top of funnel? So when we are hiring in a few months and I was like, are you serious? All of these people wasting all of their times to apply for these jobs. They're not actually open right now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I mean, I get the logic behind building pipe for sure. Totally. But, totally. Huh. Well, and I, what's interesting about that is that I've actually seen some job postings that say just that we're pipelining. See, we're not, they should right say now. that. I, I agree for sure completely. think they should say that. I think and it's I, so rude. I agree completely. And I think people, like you said, they need to know what they're signing up for. Like, am I signing up to be in somebody's pipeline or am I signing up to actually, you know, submit an application, do all of this work in hopes that I'm going to get an interview. You know what I mean? Because they can yeah. never actually need that pipeline. I've worked in very large corporations where we used to do that, but we are very forthcoming. Like we're building our talent pool, sure. but it would, we would have no time frame of when we would actually need to leverage that talent pool. So you could get a call from us in a year. You could never get a call from us. You could get a call a month, a week, you know, you don't really know. Yeah. So I think people like that's the disclaimer there. I think organizations need to be transparent about what they're doing in that regard. But I think going back to, you know, companies letting recruiters go, sure, then yeah. posting those jobs. I think, um, you know, one interesting thing that I read that I was like, fuck, it sucks, but it makes a lot of sense is going back to the time frame like we were talking about whenever we first started this podcast and we were seeing, you know, recruiters being able to command these really high salaries. I know sure. we had a client in particular that, you know, we hired a recruiter for them at the highest salary I'd ever seen for a recruiter at 400K per year. Highest I've ever seen a recruiter get. Mm -hmm. Now recruiters can get that obviously with commissions and all that, but this was base salary. So mind blown, right? But I think we were seeing such an influx of people wanting to hire recruiters and commanding these really high salaries. And it was really mm -hmm. competitive as far as getting the good recruiting talent, the good tech talent. So companies were paying these, these really inflated salaries because that's what they were. We went from here to here. They didn't bridge that gap. Yeah, it, it didn't make like sense. A, yeah. It was extreme, mm -hmm. right? It was extreme, yeah. Yeah, and then now it could be that 
companies like Meta are trying to balance out those salary bands because they did pay such extreme salaries back then. And so you probably have some recruiters that were on this, you know, lower end or average end. And then you went to this extreme to bring in this new tech talent. And now you need to, to level it out, right? Yeah. Uh, what bothers me, and you know that I get bothered by this, is like, where was the goddamn conversation? So, yeah. you know, it's like... It, on the other side of the coin, I remember having lots of conversations with recruiters in the last couple of years as these salaries went up. And I had, I said like, look, love the salary. Good for you. But you know, that's high, right? Like, you know that you're the first one going, or you mm -hmm. know, you're the first one that's going to be asked to take a pay cut, right? Like, yeah. like, please know that, like, enjoy it while it's here. Right. And I think we need to, I think the recruiting industry needs to do that. Um, so I think as an organization, I would have said, Hey, I think, you know, look, I love you guys. I, the ROI is, is amazing from you all. Like you guys have really given it, but our, the salaries right now for the market, it's very inflated. So we have two choices. One, we can lay you off, you know, and good luck. And, and, you know, well, here's your, you know, here's your severance. Good luck to you. You know, we'll give you reference, all those good things. Or you can take a pay cut to stay here and do the same job and rock it with us. And, you know, could you get back to your salary? Maybe, but we got to be honest, we think it was very inflated and we might not ever get back to that salary. Having those very candid conversations and then letting them choose, I think is the right way to do it. And also say like, we are going to try to hire people um, with lower salaries because I think what sucks is to see your job up there and be like, mm -hmm. I would have worked for that salary. You know, um, I don't totally. know. It's, it's, it's that that's, that's rough. I, I would be super upset about that. And I, th I'm really surprised that they wouldn't just ping their staff that they laid off because I do know projects come up all the time. So why wouldn't they just be like, Hey, cause I, I, I know actually, I know what a recruiter that this happened to and you know them as well. Um, but he was really upset because he was, you know, struggling to find a job as most mm -hmm. people were a few months ago. It's getting a little easier now, which is nice, but, um, he was struggling and then he saw the posting for his role. So same thing. So he actually saw it and he was so shocked. He reached out to me. He was like, what do I do? Like, I am so angry. I'm so, you know, just taken back by it. I was doing a good job. I always got good performance reviews. Why wouldn't they call me? Mm -hmm. And he was literally just kind of sad about it. Like, why wouldn't they call me? Like, that yeah. sucks. And I'm like, well, let me ask you this. Do you want to go back? And he was like, no. And then, of course, no. Now he's like, no, I'll yeah, never go yeah. back. You know, now, now he's upset, right? Which is... I, you know, it, it is what it is, but maybe they didn't want to offend him, but they yeah. still offended him. So, you know, it's like, sometimes there's no right, right thing to do because it's still going to upset somebody, but yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, I completely agree with that. Like, I think again, it sucks. Like it really sucks. I I've been in this situation before and it was, I mean, it was years ago, but it absolutely sucks to be the person in that position. But from a business standpoint, you have to look at like, they were playing, paying these inflated salaries because they were, they were inflated. We're all going to, I mean, we're recruiters. We can say that they were inflated. So they're paying these inflated salaries and then they have to go to a person and they have to say, we're going to cut your pay, mm -hmm. which is, it doesn't feel good. It's going to make them feel like shit. It nine times out of 10 is going to result in somebody being disgruntled, regardless of the fact that the salary was inflated from the beginning, like in yeah. the first place. Sure. So it's kind of clean slating it. It's like, we're going to get somebody who's happy to be here, who's happy to have a job, who's happy to accept the salary that we're bringing them in at if they get somebody fresh off the street. Again, mm -hmm. I'm a recruiter. If I was in this situation, I'd be like, fuck them. Middle, it would suck. It would absolutely suck. But from a business standpoint, if I truly take a step back, I can understand 
why companies are doing that. It sucks, but I understand that it's like, it's, and we say it all the time. Nobody likes to have conversations because they view them as confrontation. So the yeah, likelihood 100%. of CEOs having these conversations with people and knowing that they've got to deal with somebody that's going to be potentially disgruntled because you're cutting their pay, you know, no matter which way you slice it, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and it doesn't, it's, it's not a reflection of their work. It's a reflection of the inflated salary, but it still doesn't feel good. And so it's like, they can clean slate it and start with somebody new and take advantage of the market right now where there's so many recruiters available Great who are just available. looking for mm -hmm. a job and would be willing to accept a salary at the normal level or average range that a recruiter would be brought into an organization at, you know, obviously depending upon their experience, yeah. all those things, I'm not saying sure. an entry level recruiter, but I still think. If people t take a step back and t look outside the situation, you could really understand why a company would now, do again, that. If you're one of those people that you're really professional and you knew your salary was inflated and you were just happy to have it, but you would have taken the project or taken a lesser salary just to stay there, stay there, excuse me, that would suck because it's like, well, you didn't give me the courtesy of a conversation. You're kind of lumping me in with everybody else, assuming I'd be disgruntled. So again, I see it all ways and I see it both ways and how it would feel like absolute shit. And again, having mm -hmm. been there years ago, I understand it does feel like shit. But I think if you look at the business justification behind why companies might be trying to do this, it makes a lot of sense. But to your point, where's the conversation? But yeah. that's... I I think real, just real quick, like, I think yeah, yeah. that's where you know who you're working for. You've got to really like the metas, the Amazons of the world, those CEOs aren't calling you all like they're not. And so I think that's where you've got to re recognize who you work for and understand that like these courtesies that you would expect in a smaller organization and probably get in a smaller organization, you're probably not going to get in a large one like that. A hundred percent. You are just as little to be fish in a giant pond. Sure. So you do yeah. have to know what you signed up for, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you do have inflated salaries at the fangs of the world, you know, inflated stock packages, um, benefits, bonuses, I mean, like you signed up not to move the needle anywhere, really. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, sure. Sure. Some of the work you're going to do is, is going to be great. I'm not saying that no one's doing good work at these places because they are, they're very successful for a reason, but no one's going to miss you when you're gone unfortunately you yeah. know not in the grand scheme of things not when there's hundreds of thousands of people there you're not when the team's thousand people um so yeah but yeah I, I don't know it's crazy um i what i think is interesting and to your point is it's a culture reset yeah like it's a we're gonna get out all of the bad mojo that probably came with us fucking up and yeah. now we're going to culture reset this and we're going to build the right way. And hopefully they do totally. build the right way. But you know what? As we've seen many, many times, they're not going to build the right way. They're going to do the same shit over and over again. And we see that happening in AI. Yeah. So we have seen all of the big talent because all the fan companies, you know, I love myself some tech, but man, they don't do things right a lot of times. And they decided that, you know what? We have so much money. We're just going to gather up all the badass engineers and we'll just use them whenever the fuck we need them. We might not yeah. need them now, but we're just going to gather them. We're going to hoard them, mm -hmm. which I think is insane. And so now Netflix, um, Apple, same shit. They're going to, they're starting hoarding AI engineers because obviously you can't even <laughs> be in a conversation without someone talking about AI at this point. So it's like, we're just going to hoard them and they're paying them $700,000. Like that, that is not sustainable. Like, does it's anyone understand that? Yeah. And I think if you go into it a mentality, to your point, exactly, it's not sustainable. So if you're going to it with the mentality of like, I'm just going to get this salary that I can get for as long as I can get it and be grateful for that, like going back to that recruiter that was making, you know, 400K, right? Yeah. If you make that for a year, when you're used to making, you know, like, let's say like 120, 150, 
I mean, you're doing great if you make that for a year. You know what I mean? But I think it's like you have to be realistic. That can't, when you have an inflated salary, that can't set the standard for the salary that you expect to get for the duration of your career. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think also with, with everybody's just got to know, I think at this point, I don't know how they couldn't know if you keep any kind of pulse on the market whatsoever. <laughs> if you go work for a fan company or a very large tech company, we've seen just in the last two years, kind of how volatile that can be. Um, those work env environments, the market specifically. And so I think you just got to know that it could come and you're just another number. Now, where if you go for like a smaller startup that maybe is paying you a little bit less, you could be, you could stay there. That could be sustainable. That could be something mm -hmm. where they could weather the storm and even a difficult time. But these larger companies like that, the bottom's going to fall out. Like exactly what you said with hoarding these engineers and whatnot, those engineers are not going to be still making, still there and making 700,000 in five years. I guarantee you, mm -hmm. it's not going to be the case. You know, so I think if you you're if you go towards a smaller company, I know it feels really great or it's like sounds sexy to say you work for a fan company. But when you really look at the culture aspect, how they treat people, what's sustainable and just the trends that we've seen in the last few years, I'd make a decision off of that all day long. Yeah, no, for sure. So like, um, you know, for my entire career, I've been working with seed series A, series B to series C. Um, and then as I, you know, grew up in my career, I started working with more series C, series D and pre IPOs and, mm -hmm. and then again, public companies. So I, I, I got more towards the big ones, but I am very used to fighting fang versus startup all day long, big fish, little fish. And mm -hmm. now I think even more so like it's gotta be super, not, not simple because it's still challenging when it comes to talent. It always will be but like it's got to be a lot easier to convince someone to join your small startup than it would be to join these ones that just lay off in masses yeah well and if you think about it too you're not if you join a startup you're not just another number you know what i mean yeah. if you're kind of one of the founding employees one of the first ones like boots on the ground then they're probably more inclined to figure out ways to keep you even in you know situations where they're facing some financial constraints you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i've seen it happen before i saw it specifically you know, around COVID time where a lot of companies leadership was taking one pay cut, leadership was taking two pay cuts. They were doing whatever they could to try to keep who they had and weather that storm, which yeah. I have a lot of respect for because it's like those companies will treat you like you're a member of their family. You know, they will treat you like they actually give a shit about you. These larger companies may be a lot, you know, look better on your resume. So you feel to say that you worked for one of them. But at the end of the day, if you worked for one of them for a year, what's that going to say? you know, before mm -hmm. you got laid off. Like what impression does that get versus you were with this startup and helped scale this startup for five years and, you know, eventually could end up at the salary that maybe a meta or um, an Apple or wherever was going to pay you year one. You could mm -hmm. get there. I, I do feel you can work towards these great salaries that you want to be at, but I don't think if you are lucky enough to get one one time based on capitalizing um, on the market or trends that are happening right then, I don't think that that can establish the tone or set the tone for you for what you what salaries you command from here on out. Like yeah. that recruiter that um, was at the company that paying 400K got laid off, I want to say within like six months, if I remember oh, really? correctly. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Now I want to go look. Crazy. Yeah. Within like six months. And it's like, well, shit, you left this other job that you had because they were a passive person. So you left this other job that you yeah, had to go work for this sexy sounding company that was sexy. And then, then you were laid off and you were entering the job market with hundreds of thousands of other people versus if you yeah. had just stayed where you were at for five years. Oh, that's rough. Ugh. It is rough. It's wow. Real okay. Rough. So what advice do you have? So let's just pretend you're at Meta, you've gotten laid off, you see your job now posted. What do you do? 
Well, I, I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing because I'm really curious, <laughs> gotcha. but I think we'll have a similar, I think we'll have a similar, uh, we'll have a similar perspective on it. One of the first things that I wouldn't do is go rant about it on LinkedIn. Oh God, that is the worst. <laughs> These rants that we are seeing, it takes all of my being not to rant back at them and just like, like you are a fool right now. Like, do you know that there's nothing good that's going to come out of this? <laughs> and it's not like, not only is it it's it just it's a bad look for all companies when Everybody. they see that you're yeah. you're complaining about it even if that company did you wrong even if you've whether it's this situation with salaries or not even if they did you wrong you don't go publicly like bash them because mm -hmm. other companies are going to look at that when they're going to hire you and looking at your social and it's not a good look it doesn't make you more hireable because you're more vocal about your complaints mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna put one caveat on it if you were like sexually assaulted if it was something like really extreme on that and you wanted to warn other women warn other people that, oh, that i, I would go i would go up the mountain for that one but yeah no i think that's something completely different like i think if it's just salaries and it's just a market thing i think yeah. you know that's a that's a totally. whole other beast but um i think this is something that's like it's not it's only going to do you a disservice in a job hunt if they see that you were laid off and then you go and you make a rant about it about being laid off like whatever that looks like so you know, circumstances like what yeah. you're talking about, but just a mass layoff like that, it's not going to be a good look for you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the first things that I wouldn't do. I definitely think it's fair to reach out to have that conversation that you wish you could have had, you yeah. know? And I think that, but I think you still have to approach it with the same grace and tact that you, we talked about whenever we said how you should approach being laid off, you know, remember several months yeah. back, mm -hmm. I think you've still got to approach it that way, knowing that you're probably, if you reach out to the recruiter that you worked out with, or you worked with, if you reach out to, um, the hiring manager who could be your old manager, you've got to understand that, especially in these larger organizations, they're also a fish, a small fish in a large pond, and they only have so much control and so much say so mm -hmm. and so much influence. And so to reach out to them. And if, even if you don't get the answer that you know, an answer you don't want, right? Which is like, hey, it's out of my hands because most mm -hmm. likely it is. You cannot go then and attack them. I think that handling it with grace is like the move. It's the way to go. And I mean, obviously if you have like some outburst, you're not going, they're not more inclined to hire you back because you cuss them all out, you know? Yeah, so you would ask to go back. Um, I would ask what the circumstance, I would ask, I would just have the conversation like, hey, I saw yeah. my role posted. Can we, can we just talk about this? You know, having been laid off, I would just like to understand what it is you're looking for. Is this my, I would ask conversations because having been internal most of my career, I know that sometimes things look one way externally and they're not actually that way internally. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's so true. yeah, I think a conversation needs to happen either way, but I think, you know, that's how you approach it. You don't go on a rant about it. Try to have a conversation. Yeah. I think for my own like sanity and my uh, security, like my confidence and stuff like that, I would absolutely reach out. Like, let's just mm -hmm. assume my manager's still there or, or yeah. the HR person still, whoever is still there that you had a relationship with that could, you could have a conversation with. I'd absolutely reach out because I would want to know, was there something I could do? Was my salary too high? Can I come back? But here's the other thing. Like, let's look back. If you're ever laid off or even fired, well, no, let's say if you're ever laid off, let's not talk about being fired. It's totally different. If you're laid off, I would ask, hey, am I rehirable? Like, did you like me here? You know, did I do good things? Can I have a good reference? Can I all, because that's one of those uh, with an exit interview, it will always ask the company, is this person rehirable? And I would just straight up ask them. So like, if you can't go back, right, then then go forward and I would ask them. But it also depends on if there's really no ill will. Like if you yeah. did enjoy working there, then do it again.
you know, yeah. and you kind of have to, you know, like you said, taking a pay cut hurts, but you do have to swallow your pride a little bit and you also have to um, self-reflect. Maybe you were overpaid, maybe you weren't, but did you like the job? Do you see yourself there or totally. do you want to go hunt? That's a choice. Yeah. Well, and I think you brought up a great point about getting a reference. I think that's something that everybody should do whenever mm -hmm. at the point that you're laid off, because that's one thing we need to make sure that people understand is being fired and being laid off are two completely different really things. Different. Mm -hmm. You can be a badass employee and be laid off. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you're fired, there's reasons that you're fired. And you also need to know those reasons. If you're laid off, you need to know those. But when you're laid off, it's totally fair and completely normal. And I actually like when I've experienced laid off, lays, excuse me, when I've experienced these layoffs, whether I've been the one laid off or I've had to lay off people. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I hope they ask me for a reference. I like, that's like a step that yeah. just like when you're talking about interviews and you want to make sure, like, that's one thing you always do is you make sure you have questions in the yes. interview. That's how you show up. Make sure to ask for a reference at the point that you are laid off. And then also that'll give you something to take back to have this conversation. Like, I mean, cause what if six or eight months goes by? And then you see your job posted, but you've got this really great reference letter right. that you can remind them of how great of an employee you were and the kind things they had to say about you and your performance and your work at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like, okay, let's just say no one's left that, that you were in contact with. I think when I'm applying for that role, I'm sending my reference through, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, and by the way, like you guys referenced me and here, here's, here's what that looks like as opposed to my resume, you know, be kind of interesting. Oh, I would absolutely submit. I would submit it along with my resume, yeah. but I think that's like, absolutely. You should do that. If you're going back mm -hmm. that should be like, so that's a good tip for our listeners is that if you do get a reference from a company that you are interested in going back to and having those conversations, yeah, spark their memory with that reference letter via the direct mm -hmm. conversation that you're going to have with the contact you reach out to or when you go to apply. Because I And I also know that probably sucks to people to think, wait, I've got to go through a whole application and interview process for a company I already worked at. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if there's no one left and there's no no contacts, I mean, they still have to. And then also it's like you've changed, they've changed. There's all sorts of stuff. But I, I let me ask you this because I think this would really help people. <laughs> I love how you just like mm. shimmied. By the way, you guys can watch this on uh, our YouTube channel, The Millionaire Recruiter. So I definitely suggest you do that because I don't know. It's pretty fun. Uh, but when you're going back, do you feel embarrassed? Yeah. You think so? I'm. I, if you're asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think... I think you shouldn't, but no, I think yeah, if I, I, think I, I don't think you should. So I'm going to put that disclaimer out there for everybody. I don't think you should, but I do think if you talk about, the, if talking about these circumstances, right? If you were one of these people at this really high salary, you're on top of the world and you got this job and you're working for this sexy company, then you get laid off. Well, that feels embarrassing, even though it's not your fault sure. and it shouldn't yeah, feel embarrassing. Mm -hmm. That feels embarrassing. So to go back again. And think about, you know, what comes with being laid off. You're telling your family, you're like, there's a lot of emotions attached to it and tied up in it. And then you go back there and imagine. So I'm, I, whenever my reaction to that was playing it out in my head of like, hypothetically, if I were to go and work for Meta and have made this extreme salary and I'm real proud of it. And I tell my family and I tell like my person who I'm always trying to make proud, which is my dad, you know, I tell him and he's like, that's fucking awesome. And then I'm laid off in a year. And then I go back to working for that company at a 25% you know, fraction of, of what I was making 50%, 25%. It could be like, yeah, it could be less than half if I'm being realistic to mm -hmm. go then have that conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
to the person that I would feel embarrassed, even though I have no reason to feel embarrassed. Yeah. It would feel like you accomplished this milestone of like getting to the salary band and then you had to take a step back. And so, yeah, I could see people feeling embarrassed and I personally would, even though I don't think there's any reason anybody should, it doesn't, it's feelings, not facts. So sure. Yeah. Well, so, uh, I actually, you know, I, I don't have this personal experience, but I have it on the other side where I've taken people back before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they left to do their own thing. Maybe they left because we had an argument. Maybe, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's been a couple of different situations, right. Or maybe they got laid off. Um, but I have taken people back and there is, there are probably about, be six to eight people that I think about that like if I were in a if our company was in a different situation that I would hire them back and I mm-hmm. would have no problem calling them back now here from a from an owner's perspective like there's definitely like a little feelings for me and being like hey like am I being an asshole for you know for calling them back after I let them go or you know what I mean or mm-hmm. or, or we parted ways like is that a difficult conversation but I don't know I think at the end of the day because um, I have done it right and and even you know a, a past employee here he still works in the office with us and works for a different company. I freaking love that guy, you know? And um, so I think for that, like, as long as you were like a true person, a true mentor, a true leader, a true team player, stuff like that, I think those conversations and feelings can actually go over really well. Um, but I love that you shared your vulnerability that you actually would be embarrassed because I think most people would actually would say that. Um, but you somehow need to not be because you know what, if, again, if you liked the business, you were just caught in a shitty situation, like that's okay. Yeah. That's totally okay. Well, and I think the, the, the caveat to that is going back to the same company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like if going back to the situation that I outlined, like if I was working for Meta, making 400K and I got laid off and I was really proud at the time to like tell everybody got laid off. It's very specific to going back to that same employer that I think right. would feel the, the part that for me that would feel Mm -hmm. the most embarrassing. So like if I went from a 400K salary to a 200K salary, but I went to work for, you know, um, a mom and pop shop at 200K, I would just be proud to say, hey, I got another job. This is my salary. It would feel somehow, and again, these are my feelings. It's not facts. It would feel less embarrassing than like taking the X back that cheated on you type thing. Well, for sure. But okay, let me put it to you in, in a different manner then. Like what if there wasn't a real salary difference? What if maybe it was very, very slight or not a salary difference at all? Would you go back to a company? To the same company? Yeah. 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 I mean, assuming it was just a layoff because again, anybody that I've ever had to lay off or, you know, the time that I was laid off, there wasn't bad blood. It was truly business circumstances and it sucks. It absolutely Mm -hmm. sucks. And anytime I've had to do layoffs, which has been more than once, unfortunately, I'm very real about like what that probably feels like to that person. It affects your livelihood. I've been in that situation. It sucks. Like I... I'm, you know, I'll sit there for hours with them if I need to. I'm very empathetic because I know how bad that situation sucks to, despite it being out of whoever's control, it sucks to have a job and have stability and then not have it anymore. I don't care who you are. That sucks. So I think being able to really relate to them and like, it's all about how it ends, right? Like if somebody goes, well, fuck you and loses their shit, which fortunately for me, I've never had in a layoff. I've had it in other situations, but not in a layoff. And I think, yeah, absolutely go back. It's just business conditions that are dictating that layoff. Otherwise, you'd be fired if it was your performance. It'd be a firing. Yeah, 100%. And I think that mentally people don't understand that that's very different. 
Yes. And I think that that's sad, which is a totally different conversation. Um, but yeah, so I think to, I, I know you'll do your amazing broke to boss tip, but really to kind of like wrap up in, in my theories when we're seeing layoffs and then quick job postings of the same thing. Like, I mean, I even know someone whose job was posted weeks, like just a couple of weeks after they were laid off. And like, that person did go on a rant, you know? And so yeah. like, but I, you know, like, <laughs> please, if you're going to rant, call your friend, uh, rant on Google Docs, you know, don't rant on LinkedIn. But yeah, no, it doesn't feel good. But like, I think that your decision is up to you. Do you want to go back? Have that conversation. Yeah. You know? And and also you have to understand too, that you may want to go back, but the opportunity may not exist there. And that's sure. a whole nother thing that could feel really, really gross. Like that's where I think those really negative emotions for me would probably come in is it's like, well, no, we just want to clean slate it. Even though I left gracefully, I left with tact. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, go on any rants. I just saw my job post and want to have a conversation about it. And then they're like, no, we, we kind of want to clean slate it. Even if you were a great performer, even if yeah. you were willing to take the lesser salary, I think all, that could feel really gross. But I think my broke to boss tip for everybody, as hard as this is, is like, do not go on your rants. Like you said, call your friends, call somebody and talk to them about it. Do not publicly go on a rant and publicly bash a company because I guarantee you it's not a good look for not for you with regards to that company if you wanted to go back, but for any future company when they go look at your social footprint and see mm -hmm. that you put this post up and just bashed a previous employer. It's like we always say in job interviews, don't bash your previous employer. This is you publicly doing that. Yeah. And it's you doing it on a, on a giant, giant platform. Um, yeah. What I think is, I just want to like add to this because I love that broke to boss tip is I want to add, you are your brand. Yeah. If you owned a company, would you be okay with that rant on your brand? Probably not. Right. Yeah. So I think people, especially in this, the age where like, you know, I mean, how many times we, we asked to be brand ambassadors? Like, I, I love that shit. Like I want to, I yeah. want to promote the things that I love and have people use them. That's really cool. And that's great. But yeah, that's a brand. Everyone has a brand. You are a brand. And even if you don't get what you want out of the conversation, move on. Like, mm -hmm. I know that people are probably like this, this bitch over here. It's so much easier to just say, move on. But I've been in those shoes before and it sucks. And as much as you want to bitch and complain, talk to your friends. But if you don't get what you want out of the conversation, because it's fair to ask for one. Yep. If you don't get what you want out of the conversation, move on. Just know what's meant for you is meant for you. And that wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And yep. move forward. Yep. You can only control what you can control. Yep. Yourself. I love it. Oh, this was actually meatier than I had even anticipated. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank you all for hanging in there with us. Uh, would love to hear really personal stories. Like you hear us yeah. every week, be very vulnerable. We dig it. We like it. I, we know it helps. It helps yeah. us. I mean, we get out of here super, super charged. So we would love to hear, you know, how we've affected that. Um, and I know we want to do a shout out to one of our listeners who, and Taylor, I'll let you do it on what is someone buy the other day for a little a little a little person oh <laughs> I, I was like shut up so they bought little onesies talent takeover unfiltered onesies for their brand new baby boy oh, so no. shout out to anil we are so happy for you congratulations he's beautiful he sent us pictures and yeah we went on there and like custom made him some onesies for his baby so uh, that was so cool. So Kate does that behind the scenes, mm -hmm. just so you all know. And she sent it via Slack. She's like, do you guys love us? I'm like, oh my God, that was like the best Slack I've gotten like all week. <laughs> you're like, where's my onesie? I know, I know you right? wear one. I want a one. I have onesies. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.